0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of So Here's the Thing. Um, I am
1: your host, uh, Marquis Fair, and today we have a very special guest co-host, uh, Clermen Acklin. Clermen, why don't you introduce yourselves for us and
2: tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay. Hello, everyone. As Marquis said, I am Clermen Acklin. I is am- I know uh, I'm the third. Oh, you're the third. That's <laughs> right. I am the third. <laughs> um, so my name is older than my grandmother, as mm-hmm. I- Used okay. to say. Um, I'm originally from Arkansas, born and raised. Um, went to undergrad down in Arkansas and moved to the DMV shortly after completing undergrad um, because I had a job on Capitol Hill. So I lived here for several years. Um, hmm. And during those years, I did some theater, and that's where I stumbled into a gentleman named Marquis Fair. <laughs> we <What, what?
0: laughs>
2: were in a production together. We've been in a couple of productions, couple of together, productions together since yeah. then. Um, and then I actually moved away for law school, and then moved back um, almost a year ago now. has been um, a year. It's been a year okay. that I've been back in DC, um, and so that's who I am. I'm um, a licensed attorney, uh, having finished law school, passed the bar, and got my license in DC.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, and so now I'm here on this podcast with you guys. All
1: right, and and what what. Um... You know, we talked a lot about the podcast. What drew you to the like? Why? Why are you here? What? What? Right. What do you think that you have to to offer to this conversation besides oh. being black in America? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm black. <laughs> I'm in America.
2: Okay. So step one, check. Um, marquis and I have interesting conversations just in general. Um, we had them. Um, backstage during our productions where, you know, obviously there's light chit-chat backstage, but we found ourselves having some pretty deep, uh, intimate mm-hmm. conversations, mm-hmm. I would say. yes. Um, and then when you mentioned you were doing the podcast, you know, even I started just just blurting out ideas and things mm-hmm. to do. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and obviously I've listened to the podcast, and so I, I feel like I could contribute um, just obviously generally, as yes, and being Black in America, but I think I have a unique perspective having lived in the South, um, mm-hmm. moved to D.C. Mm-hmm very distinct, uh, but similar to the South. Um, and then gone- to Is lots Arkansas to the South.
1: considered the South? Arkansas checked, is not. definitely
2: the South. Yes. Largest, mm. In
1: my head, I think of it Midwest. Like- Yeah, like I, the, I thought the same you know, thing. You're so,
2: geographically from here, yeah. but, but there, no, it is, it is the South. We are um, North of Louisiana, um, just West of Mississippi and Tennessee, so all <laughs> of that, all that black culture. I was it, gonna say, do you, there you, you have an well.
1: Arkansas accent?
2: I have a slight Arkansas accent. Mm. Uh, I know you've commented before, oh, like, um, I think we've noticed, like, if I'm really sleepy, <laughs> my accent gets thicker, <laughs> or um, after a couple of glasses of wine.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you it might feel I mean, for someone who is not used to hearing this, who they can hear it now, yeah. um, I know, I think, heard- <clears> oh, my God, where are you from? I hear, like, a little little twang, but I personally don't feel like my accent is... Uh, as strong as like my cousins. And stuff. It's definitely stronger. Like if I go back uh, to Arkansas for just a couple of days and come back, you'd be like, oh my God. What, what is <laughs> it's interesting
1: when we get around family, we tend to pick up those we accents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have Robert and Brianna reintroduce themselves both for you and for the guests. Okay. And um, we'll hop on in to a couple of light topics before we get into the heavier stuff. I'm going to start with Brianna. Hi,
3: I'm Brianna. Um, I'm Matt at work. Um, I'm a software analyst at KP, and beyond that, <laughs> I'm a mom, I am a, a meditation instructor, a spiritual advisor, an author, um, all of that, and I'm just playing,
1: <laughs> just a regular girl. All that and a bag of chips. I was okay. To okay. If anybody is so free, for those of you who are listening, who haven't listened to the previous episodes of the podcast, <laughs> Brianna will give you a word, a sentence, a paragraph, a chapter. A book of a, a library, okay? So if you want a word, listen what
3: I have to say. Right, that, I'm a minister too,
1: that
4: is mm. list. Okay, wow.
1: so uh, Robert, why don't you introduce yourself?
4: Wow, well, well um, my name is like I said, Robert Brantley. Um, i originally from New York, now I live in New Jersey. Married 22 years, I'm a financial analyst at insurance company, um, I met Marquise through a previous host that he used to host with, um, and for whatever reason, she thought I'd, you know, just, I like to talk, so she figured it'd be, you know, a good venue for me to kind of talk to people. Um, listen, I mean,
1: for whatever reason, listen, you you are it, okay? You um, Great.
4: Good for you. I just, I just love to talk, and then anybody <laughs> that's willing to listen to me, I'll talk to you. <laughs> I'll talk to you. Yeah. Married 22 years, I'm an empty nester, which is great. Like all my kids are gone, you know, just me and my wife, love it. I think that's she likes the- a little bit when I'm out of the house, though. You know, she get the the house to us, so.
3: <laughs> Turned into a spy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's just me.
0: You know.
1: Um. So we have one other guest who is just arriving. She's just getting on the elevator now. Um. And her name is Wilma Lynn Horton. I will allow her to introduce herself in just a moment. But um, hold on one two, four. Um, and um, so for now, what I do want, we're going to start some light topics. And I'm going to start with Robert this time. One of the things that I came up with randomly is, I want, Robert, I want you to name, well, let me let me back up a little bit just to say, um, there is a concept, uh, uh, a perception about Black folks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. That we don't age, right? That somehow <laughs> our skin—listen, l- let's <laughs> look in the camera right now. It's, it's really true now. <laughs> Never mind his gray hair.
4: Goddammit.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so um, I want I want each of uh, each of you to tell tell us uh, three things that you do to take care of your skin. Um, and just to stay youthful in appearance and I'm gonna start with Robert
4: wow uh one uh, I drink a lot of water mm-hmm. I know I, I drink a lot of beer too but I drink a lot of water it's very important to me um I I, I guess calling like I get not like use a, the loofah to really like scrub off the dead skin of my you know, body stuff like I fully and um what's the third thing that I do lotion lotion yeah. so. <laughs> And, the, and I make sure I moisturize. Got to keep this kid. You know, I'm I'm out here on the summer. I can't have these elbows ashy, You, know what I mean? So
0: okay,
1: that's that's real though. I think that for a lot of our parents, and I think it maybe I don't know if it gets passed on from generation to generation, or at least up until my great grandmother, it was do not walk out the house ashy. Oh, don't do it. You better not walk out the
4: house. Oh no. <laughs> That's one of them, the 10 deadly sins. You know, but that not day.
3: only your parents, but everybody around you too will be right. like, no, nah, you ashy. <laughs>
4: That's <laughs> the thing. You you know people never never tell you not tell you in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with your ankles, bruh? Right. Yes. <laughs> like, go with you. Yo, you, they're willing to point that out in a heartbeat yes,
3: you know? that's our community they're not yeah. gonna get around here ashy for
4: sure even, you know like we 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 can like even if you don't like you can walk out without putting on lotion or something you can like brush up against a bag and will leave that that white mark uh-huh. like, come on bro. it take, take much for me <laughs> <new> to <show. laughs> that's like if
3: your ass was like hiding and then like it's like oh no open now once you done brushed up against them. you
4: get around a whole bunch of people all sudden you want to party too y'all What i'm here too bro you know like come on ash <laughs> that
2: was just, that's one of the worst insults too is to be told your ass here to be like oh, oh yeah wow. you know those kind of insults are that's the bad. worst when like, you playing the <laughs> <laughs>
3: desert
4: They hit you with, yo, you ashy and your breast stink. Right? Right? That's a combo. A combo.
1: So, so before we go on, before we go on, I do want to give my my other guest, uh, Wilma Lynn Horton, a chance to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you met me.
3: Oh, my (laughs) God. Okay, well, I'm Wilma Lynn Horton. Um, I am a Chocolate City
4: representative. What, what?
3: And a Howard grad and a non-alcoholic. Oh, alright
0: Oh, All right, y'all. All right. <laughs> no,
3: I'm not claiming nobody. So cheers! The
0: podcast. Cheers. I know. Cheers.
3: I'm still going to cheers. I'm still gonna give all the uh, salutes, the salutaries that we need. Hello. Um, um, and how did that meet Marquis working on Taco of it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Was it Ant person? Was it uh, Black Lives Matter? That was one no, person Was Ant First.
0: Yeah. Um, and
1: that was many years ago. Some that was quite a few years
0: ago. We'll, start, yeah. <laughs> we'll say it that way. <laughs> it was long enough.
2: We were younger for sure.
0: We, we were younger, we were
1: <laughs> we were uh I wouldn't say more naive, but certainly uh, you know, we've had We've had some we've had some stories. We Let's do. Just
0: say it we got some
1: stories. So <laughs> um so one was gonna, you know, you're gonna refresh yourself, get some food, get some drink. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: um before you do that, tell us three things that you do to take care of your skin. Mm-hmm. Because there's a perception that black people in America or and just around the world do not age or age very slowly. Okay, so So tell us mm-hmm. tell us
0: three things.
3: Well, I don't know if it was said already, but we all know that black don't crack. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. But what I find-
3: this past summer was that it's stretchy. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. So
3: um, well, I, actually, I wash my face. That's okay. what I do. wash your face? Um, yeah, I don't I drink water. Water. I don't think yeah. I I don't do anything actually. I think what I do to take care of my skin, that's not a physical thing, is that I enjoy life. Mm. Mm. I think that's the biggest thing. If we enjoy life and we wow. let go of all the structures of the world, then our school is going to be beautiful. Yes,
4: absolutely. Agree.
3: I agree. I
1: mean it. Say it and mean it. That's yes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to round out. I'm going to let bourbon go. And then I'm going to say for myself, um, and then there, okay. Oh. um and then we'll we'll dive. And
3: then my... Brianna got to tell about yeah. my skin routine.
2: I will <laughs> let you go ahead and go.
0: Oh, I like,
2: Yeah, <laughs> come on, you can't <laughs> <kids laughs> forget about. Come on.
3: <laughs> and I've been watching um, The House or? of Vogue. Yeah. Okay. Post-it. So <laughs> this is my number one thing that I want to tell Black people is sunscreen is so important. Yes. So I use sunscreen and. I also, um, when I was younger, I didn't use a like a face wash. I would just do the warm water, and mm. use the friction from my hand, and that worked for a long time. <laughs> um, but, now, but now now because the face washes would break, make my face feel like it was cracking. So now I use natural, plant-based face products. And I try and find the most natural face moisturizers and lotion, so natural products. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, um, that's what what you say. You said don't um don't stress.
2: You said
0: no, no. That um,
2: oh, that was
1: woman That was one.
0: More.
2: Okay,
3: sunscreen,
2: sunscreen, sunscreen and, right? and natural, uh, natural when you, when you face. Natural, do you mean wildlife. organic, natural, or things made from plants, or both?
3: Um just long as it doesn't have like sulfate in it like like when I like if I can't get something online I'll go to Walmart or Walgreens or something and I just don't want to see like a whole bunch of parabens and sulfates and stuff in them as long as the first few products are natural things I can read and I'm good
1: okay so so let me ask you this before I, before I answer my um, before I uh, answer my own question um, how, how does the panel how does the congregation? Feel, wow.
0: about,
1: <laughs> feel about you know um black owned products that are supposed to be taking care of our skin there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff out there there's african soaps and shea butters and whatnot all you know that especially nowadays uh, black folks trying to be entrepreneurs and really just out here selling any number of things mm-hmm. and and one do you buy those things exclusively and or two do you think that those things work
2: and i'm just gonna I'm, i mean
1: just in general i'll just leave it to mm-hmm. you whoever
2: well, I will first answer your um, initial question and the way, by also answering this question. And one of the ways I take care of my skin is through moisturizers. I've tried to get into those more and I actually saw a conversation on Twitter about how um, marketing wise, we as black people have been told that only certain products work on us and other products are only for white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the skin is the skin. There are some some medical differences and some chemical differences, but you know, just the basics, like what you need to keep your skin clean. will work on every type of skin, mm-hmm. um, and so I have used products that were marketed for blacks, black people, <laughs> blacks, <laughs> the black. That one made me feel
3: like right a only,
2: uh, Water exactly. you know what if you it's because that's the way. You're- But for Black people, and they didn't necessarily work as well with my skin, it's just like, you know, like a suave or a Garnier fruit, you know, one Mm -hmm. of the, what's quote unquote a white brand, but just another general brand. And I think it's because it, it doesn't necessarily have to be something special. Mm -hmm. We as Black people are special, but um, I think just in terms of keeping your skin looking nice, the thing you need to remember is, is it getting your skin clean? And there are plenty of products that will do that without uh, those that are specifically marketed towards Black people. Now, there are some that I have, um, like for when I shave, that are made for Black men, and those yeah. do work better. But yeah. that's a, a right. I don't feel compelled to always have to get my stuff from Black-owned businesses just because it may not always work, uh, especially when you're talking about health and beauty. It, it you know it, it varies. Yeah. By skin yeah. Type.
1: Um so very quickly before we dive into the actual topics I'm going to answer my own question three things um that I do to take care of my skin um one I'm not I'm not even going to lie I'm supposed to say that I drink a lot of water but I don't I'm supposed to
3: right right <laughs> right I
1: tell the truth on my <laughs> they say it for it <laughs> i'm gonna live in my truth i'm supposed to drink a lot of water but i don't um but definitely i do moisturize i make sure that i'm not out here either ashy in this cold weather know. <laughs> yeah. it's just, you know it's, it's it can get cold and your skin can dry out so that's that's number one uh-huh. number two they have a, a a list, but number two i um don't use a lot of harsh things on my on my skin I don't use actually a lot of chemicals I do a basic face wash i do a basic exfol- exfoliation and you know i just you know with a little even toner whatever it is um but I don't use a lot of stuff because <laughs> <laughs>
3: little even toner you know just a
1: little um and then three and most importantly for me and i'm just gonna say something that nobody is, else has mentioned sleep you gotta mm-hmm. give yourself enough yes. sleep and good restorative sleep because mm-hmm. if you out here tired it's just gonna show not only on your skin but on your hands yeah yes. on, on, you, you just look tired you look off <laughs> 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 and nobody
2: wants that
1: no. <laughs> so you know, those are the things, and and one other thing I will say is, you know, really just don't stress, don't hold grudges. Um, is is my thing because it holds in your in your in your pores and in your skin, and you wind up aging yourself faster than you need to. Mm-hmm. So, your energy
3: shows through your body.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, with that being said, thank you for the warm-up uh, little question. Um, thank you guys for joining us. We have already started the podcast. Uh, Wilma, you have a copy of the um, of the outline in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for you guys' reference, who are here with me, <clears throat> the microphone is going to pick you guys up. You don't have to be in frame, okay. so it'll pick you up from wherever, um, it's, uh, within reason. Um, so just just know that if you need to get up and 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 I'll edit this part out, but just be aware of it. Okay so um, this particular topic that we're uh, these next few topics that we're gonna be talking about in the however many hours that we have going on um, I've been super excited to talk about I've been like sort of it's been heavy on my heart a little bit but it's also been something I've been wanting to uh, talk about with you know some of my good black friends um, and some black strangers you know if I could find a black stranger to talk about these topics I will um, <laughs> Uh, The first thing that we're going to talk about is, okay, so we are between this particular part of the podcast, we're talking between, um, we're 30, between 30 years of age and 50. We're black, we're in America Mm. and we're adults for real, for real, right? So in your twenties, you are sort of still figuring things out, but between 30 and 50, you are presumably... Supposedly, supposed to be a full-on adult with responsibilities, with you know, with um, okay. responsible behavior. Let's, <laughs> just, this is what this is what our society tells us. Oh, okay. um, <clears throat> and we're in America, so let's talk. The first thing that I really want to top off because we haven't touched on it before, or if we have, we touched on it a little bit, is race and George Floyd. We're over one year later at this point. Today is June twelfth. Um, we're just over a year. From um, the murder, mm. senseless murder. Let us be clear about right. what this was of George Floyd. Um, and while George George Floyd's murder right now is a marker for us, you know, if a lot of us think back, and this is really for anybody who's within any sort of age that was born. We could take this back to to Trayvon Martin, we could take it all the way back to um, Emmett Till. You know, I mean, it it goes all the way back, but I just use George Floyd particularly right now as a marker because that's where we are right now. So George Floyd, we all, I'm not even going to belabor the point of how we feel about Black folks being shot, Black men being um, brutalized. What I really want to talk about uh, in the case of George Floyd and police reform is, has anything changed? Has anything changed police reform-wise? Has anything changed society-wise as far as how people view Black people in America and what we are going through? And Kerman oh, is shaking his head now for those of you who can't see this, but I'm curious to see because people have very differing sort of, um, mark, uh, what do you call it, benchmarks of what they think of as change. So I'm going to start the conversation with Wilma for now. Um, do you think anything has changed since the murder of George Floyd? And um, if not, or if so, if so, why? And if, if, if not, why not?
3: Um, well, there's there's two ways to look at it. Has it changed for the good or has it changed for the bad? Or Well, actually three ways. So has it changed, period?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I don't think it has changed. I think small things have changed. I think we, as Black Americans, are very much more aware and conscious. Not that we weren't before, but I just feel like we are very much more conscious and aware of any police activity around us now. At least I am. I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for myself. Um, Not that I wasn't watching before, but at least now I'm like, well, maybe I should have my cell phone in hand just in case. Um, But I don't think... uh, I don't think white America has changed at all. I think they tried <laughs> for a second. Mm. I feel like they tried for a second. Um, you know, and it's funny because ironically I saw something for my job that's like, oh yeah, we're going to celebrate Juneteenth. I was like, yeah, right. You haven't celebrated in the some, some years I've been working there. Now all of a sudden Juneteenth is a thing at my job. Okay. <clears throat> Which is a predominantly white, um, Uh, office office space. So um, I don't, yeah, there's no other way to say it, but no, Okay. nothing has changed for me. So
1: let me say what, let me introduce one other um, sort of nuance to this for you and for the rest of the the folks on the, on the uh, show. I don't necessarily want to put it in terms of Black America versus white America. What about people of color America, right? So there's Asian American, like, you know, what, what where? how do you think that they have changed or not changed? But
3: unfortunately, and it's a, a I don't know, well, I won't say that. I'm, I will say this. <laughs> there's Blacks and then there's everyone else. <laughs> That's just how I feel. Mm. Um, I feel that, that now that has become a change where now it's people of color and you want to include everybody else, you know, all of a sudden there's this rainbow and then there's whites. which I'm sorry. Black folks have been struggling for a long time. You're not going to put the Indians and the Asians and you know, everybody else in our boat. Nope, 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 nope,
0: nope,
4: <laughs> mm. well, it, It's happening because now there's people of, of the color that is catching hell now. When it was just not us, hell. they yeah. didn't care.
3: No. I think it's more that it's convenient and yes. that most of their races have always jumped on the bandwagon of black people in America who have got the brunt of all of the abuse of the fight and everybody else just hop on on in. Like, oh, okay, yeah, we we minorities too, but
1: so, they, so,
3: their fight isn't the same.
1: So let me let me say one other thing um, that I'm going to ask the opinions of, um, of the rest of the ca- uh, of the rest of the um, the podcast about the question. But I do want to ask a separate question at the end of this. Of there's a there's a term now that is presumably very popular, bipoc, right? Black indigenous people of color, Uh right? Wait, no, we're gonna come back to that. I'm just gonna come back to
3: that. I I never heard of that
1: before. You never heard
0: of BIPOC? BIPOC? BIPOC?
3: I mean, I've heard of black indigenous people, but what are they doing now?
1: So BIPOC is an acronym. It's B-I-P-O-C. It stands for black, comma, indigenous, comma, people of color right so it's 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 a way of grouping
2: exactly robert people. I'm not, I'm not, we're
3: right be- so it's like hold on, i heard of the indigenous black people but
1: it's like <laughs> so we're, we're gonna come back to this
4: like you ain't just bring that up no. hold on wait a minute. You, you already start with the- black what the hell is the rest that i got to do with it so, preach, so, rather so, so, so. Listen,
1: listen. We're gonna we're gonna talk about George Floyd. We're gonna come okay. back to this particular thing. This is not on the outline, but it's it's fine for us to talk about. So, I, it, we're gonna come back to this particular thing because I have a sense of where most of you stand, and I may be an outlier in this particular thing. So we'll come back. Mm-hmm. We'll come back.
3: We are coming back, but I want to say one other thing. Sure. Speaking to what um, Brianna said about people jumping on the bandwagon. The Asians, so when the Asian hate came, I'm Black and Asian. Mm. I'm half Black, I'm half Filipino. But I grew up Black, so I identify as Black. Um, But I do definitely know my heritage and claim my heritage. Um, But Asians have suffered. It's just that everyone else gets talked about but us. Mm. That's the problem. Mm. The only people who talk about us, about Blacks, is us. We're the only Mm. ones saying, we have to fight for ourselves. Whites will pay attention to, like, even with that, the Asian hate, oh, it would stop Asian hate everywhere, you know? But when Trayvon was killed, when he was murdered, they weren't putting stop Black Lives Matter. We were. They were accusing them. him. They were accusing him, exactly. So, yes, people, it's not that they have not been, other, other people of color have not been wronged. It's just that we are always put on a back burner. So, and that's where I have the
1: problem. So one of the points that Brianna, before we get on to Kerman and George Floyd and have things change, uh, one of the things that Brianna said in a previous podcast that um, got some reaction, in case you didn't know, Brianna. No. Um, I'm sure you probably either heard or didn't hear, um, is that, um, you know, Black folks will stand up for any cause we out here fighting for every goddamn body else Correct. and she doesn't say it in these words but this is, this is the You're point right okay and but when it's time for somebody to stand up for us where where's the rest of these folks at where are they what, what's going on
3: and actual and factual so, thank you sis thank
1: you so uh, actual and factual so so we're going to yeah. go on to Clermont george floyd We're over a year later has anything changed um for good bad, and different
2: um, I would say there, I would agree with uh, Will Melinda that there have been some incremental changes, meaning small. Um, but honestly, to tie it back into what we were just saying about taking care of your skin, and you mentioned sleep and stress, that we're getting more sleep and, and having less stress uh, being beneficial to your skin. I would say that for me, last summer, Um, And I think I told you this, that every like 30 days or so I either give up something or I add something. And so it just so happened that last year, around the time that George Floyd was murdered, I had been off of social media. Mm. Um, And so when I got back on social media, it was maybe a week or two after it had all happened and the social media, you know, had gotten a hold of it uh, in the way that they do. And I could feel the stress coming back on. And so I think for me, what has changed is I am more sensitive to the stress of it all, mm-hmm. um, in part because I had been away from it uh, for a while, which I don't know if I would have felt it, um, or me- maybe I would have, maybe COVID and quarantine had something to do with it as well. But for me, the change has been personal in terms of a, a sensitivity to the news and I will just outright avoid mm-hmm. um, the I have not watched the George Floyd tape. I haven't watched the tapes of any or the recordings of any of the, the killings um and you know I can take the tape, you know right I just been <laughs> <laughs> between the ages of thirty and fifty I'm saying right
3: right right
2: these things and none do.
3: of us blinked we were all like okay yes yeah.
2: right right but every, everyone oh, agreed a tape yes we're all about the same age <laughs> yeah. um so that's been the the change for me and politically I I don't I don't think there has been a change politically. Um, I, you know, I obviously keep up with politics, having worked on Capitol Hill, and I was seeing recently that um, the, the George Floyd, the response to George Floyd's killing had probably galvanized conservatives just as much as it did uh, liberals or those who were, you know, uh, disgusted by the way he, his life was taken. Hmm. It was also, it, it lit a fire under some of the folks, you know, who support that type of thing. Um, you know, there was an officer who donated to like uh, one of the killers of, uh, I think somewhere in the Midwest. There was an oh, officer who,
1: Rittenhouse.
2: Oh my god! Right, Rittenhouse—that's his last oh, name. But goodness. one of the officers, you know, there donated using his work email. So that just I, so to, to me, nothing has changed, right? It's mm-hmm. just as brazen. It's just as as bad. In fact, I would say that it's it's a little bit worse. Oh, uh, awesome. Or I don't know if it's worse or it's just getting reported more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that. But I will say one positive change I have seen is it seems like Black people care more about other Black people. I, I know that I'm not articulating this that. In right? Yes, in America. I feel like we're more more willing to stand together, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, like as soon as something happens, you know, all Black people I know are like, yep, I don't care, you know, the other side. I'm, I'm. Yeah. I'm riding with the black people, you know. Yeah. Um, I I feel that um, has increased. It was always already there, but I feel it uh, it's it's more happening more. So that's a positive uh, change that I've seen from from George Floyd's death. And obviously, we have the conviction of the officer who killed him. So that was positive. I think it sparked Although second degree,
1: there. right? Mm-hmm. So second degree murder wasn't first degree.
2: Well. I, coming from the, the legal field you charge them with what you think uh, and, yeah you know yeah, can prove. Yeah, and so yeah. if i can't prove first-degree murder i'm going to go with what's called a lesser included uh, offense
1: for so,
4: those yeah.
2: of you on the podcast this is why i have this man on here he
1: needs to <laughs> give us some advice okay, so. okay. <laughs>
0: thank you for
1: both <laughs> of- <laughs> um so i'm gonna go on to robert next
4: yeah um- Truly speaking, I don't think anything's changed. I think what they did, they just put a band-aid on it. You know what I mean? And like the fact that George Floyd, what happened to him, and then you turn around and you look at the situation with Dante Wright, he shot in his car by a cop, like not too far from where this happened to George Floyd. So to me, it's like, you know, change to me would be like cops gotta realize, oh shit, we gotta stop killing people. You know what I'm saying? That's changed. Like, yeah, you, the guy, the you know, the, the officer got convicted as he should have, but, you know, what, what message are they sending to the other police officers? Because you can look all up and down social media. They're still out here harassing people. And, and again, it's not even, it's, and, it, I, and again, uh, it's not black against the cop, black against white. It's just black against that color blue. Because yeah. there's been brother cops that done treated other brothers bad so it's like whenever they put on that uniform whatever they' trained, something's not getting through so the change is not gonna happen until the all law enforcement understands hey just because he's black doesn't mean he's dangerous let's, let's 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 approach this in a different situation you know I you know I so yeah to see the guy go away I think yeah that's fine but then a couple of days later Dante Wright got killed in his car with by a cop. So now we write back now we right back marching again. You know? And and I'm a, I'm like, look, I noticed that, you know, it's it's America's what's happening, but shit, this got stopped. And it, it, and as much as we march, like we talked about it before, we've been marching for years. Right. Emmett tell, you know, back Martin Luther, every, every we've been marching for years and they still kicking us in our ass. So what's the next step? You know, it's always good. Like you said, like you, we can sit here and talk about what we're going to do. Oh, I'm going I'm to go to the gym and work out tomorrow. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. If I go home and drink a six-pack of beer just sitting on my ass, then guess what? I'm just talking about it. Right.
0: Right. So
4: for me, like, I won't see a change until cops are, you know, walking up to a brother, anybody in the car, asking for their papers and be like, okay, listen, you go ahead. We'll catch, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out. Instead of harassing them or getting mad because you're defying their authority, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? To me, it's like policemen are, are those guys who got beat up in, when they was in school, so they got a gun and a badge and now they, now I'm the man. You know, I'm law. I'm law. No, bro, you're not law. You're to uphold the law to enforce it. So for me, change is going to happen when they stop doing that. So for me, I don't think anything really changed yet. We got a long way still to go. Okay. That's just my Briana, take. Brianna,
1: next. And I'm I, gonna
3: agree. I agree. I agree. I piggyback off of what everyone said and just say that i don't think anything has changed i think until the system changes there will not be any change mm. um, from since they brought us here it's always been the system against us it's like mm. Tom and jerry you know it's it's always gonna be like that unless we are honest and want to change the whole system from the top. If we think about it, if the cops weren't allowed to get away with it, then they wouldn't do it. If they weren't trained to target our people, then mm. they would not do that. You know, That's the biggest difference. And when we're talking about other minorities and the treatment that they receive in America, that white boy that wrongfully killed those Asian people was a white boy off the street where we are seeing footage of people that look like our uncle and our cousins and our sisters and our mothers mm. getting killed by the people that we used to tell our, our kids, look, say hi to the police officer. I my mother used to tell us, say hi to the police officer. And we used to say hi to them. And now I wish I would tell my child to look up to and behold someone who may turn around and see my same son and push him on the ground and hurt him. You know what I'm saying? So until the system changes, I don't think that there will be any change. I think the conversation is changing, um, but that's just talk, Like right? Robert? Yeah.
1: Okay, all right. Um, this conversation went in a slightly different direction than I thought oh. <laughs> but I have a slight, slightly different perspective um, in a number of ways, right? So uh, we talk about George Floyd. Um, we talk about um, has anything changed one year later, right? Um, and I also added in for everybody, I think I said at the beginning, Trayvon Martin, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember, and Trayvon Martin wasn't that long ago, but I remember, uh, of course, being so hopeful, so hopeful that something was going to change after Trayvon Martin, right? Mm. And then what's this man's name who, who murdered him? Oh, we don't Zimmerman. Well, Zimmerman. Man, written, right. we're not gonna say his name.
0: Oh me. right.
1: <laughs> right. This man is out here and selling books. You know, auctioning, auctioning off the gun that he used. Right. So that put me, you know. So let's say I was at a level five. Right. <laughs> right. It took me down to a level negative five. Like mm. all the way down. Like I, I can't fuck with nobody. And 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 <laughs> right. anybody who is on the podcast, you know, our curse. Everybody right it's gonna this. slide you know, out ain't no thing right I, I, I'm just out here what not right <laughs> I think that um, George Floyd a year later I think some things have changed um, mm. and um, my perspective is um, probably a little bit different but this is what I think I think that um, conversations um, people people in their own homes are more empowered to have a conversation with their their um, white friends, white family, police friends, police family to say, hey, you know, what, what's going on? I think that a lot of times, um, and I'm, I have at least two friends who um, have had the experience of their husband or wife having come home and having, you know, unfortunately had a police incident, not having shot a black man or black woman, but having, you know, hurt somebody in, in a police shootout or whatever it was. A white person in one instance and I believe an Asian person in another. Didn't kill the people, but you know, the police per- police person comes home and they have to talk to their wife or son about what it is that, or they don't at the, at, at the time, they weren't talking to their spouses or friends or family about what was going on because it was all very private. I think that conversations within families and within social circles have changed. I think that um, one of the biggest changes that I've seen um, is that a lot more Black folks are aware of their rights. Mm. So if you are stopped, you do have the right to record, right? And I, it, yeah, in, most, it, it. in most jurisdictions, more, more often than not, you have the right to record. And I think that a lot of Black folks and just folks in general has, are, are ready with this camera to be like, okay, you know what? Let me get myself together. And that has changed. So, you know, um, unfortunately, it, it took the death of several people and several black folks in general in order for that to happen. But I think that um, things are being recorded by the general public, the bystanders, if you will. But I also think that people in their own sort of private circumstances are quick to let me hit record on this dog on phone. Oh, well, absolutely. I don't know what's going to go on.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> I also think that within the legal system. Um, and you know, as Clerman um, said earlier, uh, the change is incremental. But I do think that there has been ha- have been small pockets small pockets of police reform within certain jurisdictions that let the officers know, hey, listen, we can't do this anymore, or if we want to do it, there's going to be serious consequences. Now, that being said, it's not it's not as widespread as we'd like it to be. Um, it's not as, um, as, as harsh. The um, punishments haven't been as harsh as we'd like them to be. But I think that change has been incremental. And the one last thing that I will say is that um, I'm going to give the, I'm I'm using these folks again as general markers. Unfortunately, there have been too many Black folks who have been killed by police to count, but I'm going to use Trayvon Martin and I'm going to use George Floyd as markers. If we talked about George, uh, Trayvon Martin mm, a month after he passed away, or was murdered. Let me say that more specifically, right? Right? Yeah, (laughs) passed away is far too too passive, right? So Mm -hmm. if we talked about Trayvon Martin for a month afterwards and then maybe a year afterwards because something came up with his murderer, George Floyd has been in the social consciousness and social conversation throughout. We have not let this go from my point of view over the last year. George Floyd has Mm -hmm. been a, a constant like Thing that people have been talking about. And mm-hmm. even since um, uh, the officer who murdered him was indicted, I think people are still using George Floyd's um, memory and his life as a, as, a, as a social marker to say, hey, you know what, it's time for us to change. Um, and I, I still think it's being covered by news outlets, taking the news out of it, you know, you can't go by the news, but I still think that it's still being, it's still in the social consciousness and that gives me some general hope contrary to what, you know, the folks on the on the podcast may think. What, what were you going
4: well, to Yeah, first um, <laughs> first thing I just wanted to say is like with the, uh, you know, with police I don't think that they're taught to kill people, you know what I'm saying? I think that when they're put in that situation, even when you with the, the filming, like you'll see them film them and then They'll be like, that's that kind of Amsterdam. They get they get like even more excited. So I think like the when you start to challenge their authority, that's when they start like, who the hell you think you are? Secondly, the thing with George Zimmer, George Zimmer wasn't a cop. You know, so that was the one thing. He wasn't a cop. And I think that's kind of like why people stopped talking about it. And remember with George Floyd, that was on front. Like everybody's seen that video. Yes. Like the Trayvon Martin thing, like, yeah, we we heard about him, she, what happened. But that was on Front Street. Like you saw him, you literally, go, you you felt like you was there with that brother. So that's why it's always gonna stay on people's mind about George Floyd. It's just I I just think that you know the it, chick it when when you have two cops in that car and they come out when the first, when one cop knows the other cop's doing something he's not supposed to do. That's when that's gotta happen. Like you gotta be like, dude. Like when they, cause I've seen on video where they're like, oh, you know, it's against the law and videotape videotape me. other cops are like, nah, really it's not, it's not against the law. You can't videotape them Like you can't be videotaped. You, but when they got that little, they call it with that blue wall. Mm-hmm. When you don't have good cops telling on bad cops or telling what they or reporting or standing by saying, nah, dude, you fucked up, you know? And even if you don't want to embarrass them, cause how many times have you been with, like, I, I always tell my wife this. I said, listen, in public, I got your back. But you, when you get home, I'm going to tell you, you fucked up. I'm going to tell you fucked up. But just to, like even that, like when you when they're by themselves, do you even think that their own peers be like, dude, you know you killed them. You didn't have to stand on the dark. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't go patting them on his back talking about, oh, yeah, good job, good job, this, when you know he's doing wrong. Yeah. So that that's to me, it's like, that's the number one thing. Like when that guy sitting next to you in that car can't pull your coat, be like, nah, dude, you fucking up. You, you wrong for that one. Hold them accountable. Things. Yes. In the that's my whole thing. It's like they don't hold each other. Like, okay, fine. You, you know, I, I know you on these mean streets of Brooklyn, whatever. It's crazy out here. So I got to be your partner. I got to make sure we both get back to the station alive. But on the way back, I'm going to let you know you did not have to tase that man like that. But right,
3: right, well, right. I feel like it needs to happen on the spot. Like, no, no I, way.
1: That's what I was about to say. That's the problem. So, let, so let's Brianna jump in for us here.
3: I was just gonna bring a poor um, guy, rest his soul, Tamir Rice. Mm-hmm. He was shot. He was a 12 year old boy. Mm-hmm. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and mm-hmm. I was raising my children like two blocks away from where that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like me saying that ch- I haven't seen changes because stuff like that can still happen. He was a boy at the park playing with a toy. And a police car ran up on him, drove into the park in, mm. with his car, and immediately shot a 12-year-old boy. And so, you know, the conversation, they've been having them. I just feel like it's way bigger than a couple of white people at a coffee shop talking about diversity. I think that it's important. Like, I have a 13-year-old. I have an 11-year-old and they could be playing with a toy at the park like this is serious you know
1: so let me let me me just say this tamir rice happened before um before george floyd So i'm just using george floyd as a marker right because we could go back and say things have changed the things should have been changed by now but at some point we have to say okay what what's the what's the start of change
0: i
3: just mean like in the severity of what's happening I don't you know I think what's happening is changing how they're doing it is changing but in the case of what's happening like it's to me not changing it's like going from bad to worse to worse and because we're having conversations and just because we have the the sense to record it does not take away that we are losing people Unneededly, you know, and keep your conversation. <laughs> like you can have that conversation. Like we don't need that conversation. We need for the president to stand up and say we're the police are going to be held accountable for doing that, dot, 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 that. Plain and simple, you know,
1: that's so, so I would t- so I'm, i I would tend to disagree a little bit just with that because mm-hmm. I think it's both i don't think that it's no conversation and only action because action doesn't happen without conversation and to my mind um it's the conversations that start the action if if the if the president or the vice president or the person who was running for senate or the person who was running for city council or the person who was running for student council has a conversation from the beginning, way back when. It may take five, 10, 15 years. Now, I'm not saying that the that, that change shouldn't have happened by now, certainly, but I, all I'm saying is the conversations need to be had along with the action, not just cut out the conversation altogether.
3: I disagree only because if you see a video of someone senselessly being killed, what do we have to talk about? The what cases, conversation the does a human need to have with another human, besides the fact of seeing something so disgusting. White people don't like animals to be killed, let alone filmed and played repeatedly on CNN back to back to back. That is disgusting. Like the whole system so, is meant so, to so have so a me, scared.
1: Let <laughs> like, so, yeah. so, so let me just say this, right? Um, obviously, obviously, we could go on and on yeah. back and forth about, you know, our own perspectives, right? Uh, the point of this conversation was, one, to get the general consensus from the population about, from the just a small population about whether or not things have changed. Also bring it up, right? Um, I think that keeping George Floyd, Breonna Taylor certainly, of course, Mm. Tamir Rice, certainly Dante, you know, all these folks, keeping them in our general minds, consciousness, spirits, and just speaking their names aloud, keeps them alive to some degree. And um, I do want to make sure that, um, really, for this particular part of the conversation, I wanted to make sure that all of us were heard. Because so many times, right, we have these sort of conversations Brianna and I may have a conversation a woman I may have a little have a little conversation and the point of this podcast is um among other things to let folks know hey listen there's um conversations happening in black communities we do have conversations within within our own communities we're not just out here being silent but also we don't always agree because, you know, we don't right. all we're right. not always of the same mind <laughs> on a particular thing. And that's okay. I'm yeah. not mad at Brianna. Brianna's not mad at me. <laughs> <We'll no>. be, <laughs> it's all right. It's right. okay. And it would be fine if you were. And it, it would be fine. <laughs> we're still friends. We still cool. You know, no big. Um, so um, I'm gonna um uh ask Herman to take us to the next little part of the conversation and then we're gonna take a
2: quick, quick uh, go ahead, go ahead, no, this part, yeah, that part, mm-hmm. um, so uh, being Black in America, and we are all full adults, and as uh, Marquis defined at the top of the episode, full adults meaning those over the age of 30, <laughs> <laughs> um, and realizing that people give a damn, now what do you mean when you say realizing that people
4: give a damn?
1: So when I say, so I, I put this in 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 the, um, the sort of notes for us to talk about as far as people giving a damn so yes the thing that we were talking about earlier is um you know black folks being killed by police right mm-hmm. black folks out here um being harassed by police and realize and 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 not only that but like we <laughs> within our own communities care we care we uh, care enough to have a conversation mm-hmm. we care enough to um, hurt when George Floyd is killed. We care enough to want change. It's not just like out here. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times a dog on alert comes across my phone that there has been another shooting somewhere, mm. by uh, uh, you know some mass shooting somewhere. But I still care. It, it's not. I have not become numb to this. And I mm. think that um, it's worth having a conversation um, about. <clears throat> Black folk, you're Black, you're in America, you're between 30 and 50, and at some point, you realize that the world isn't just um, you by yourself, that there are people out here who care, who want to make the world a better place, who are not out here, you know, step on your face just as soon as say hello. Like, no, mm-hmm. it, you know, there are people who out <laughs> who actually genuinely care about the social consciousness and the, the the betterment of Black people. That's what I mean by giving a damn. Mm-hmm. And. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong with that. Maybe black folks don't give a damn. I mean, to, to me, <laughs> I, I just wanted to get this the general sense of you know where you all were. I'm going to turn on this air a little bit. Oh, I would say that
2: we, we do, we as black people do give a damn, and I think it's important for us to just clarify that. So, someone who is between the ages of 30 and 50 now would have been born between 1970 and 1990. So, just to Think of all that happened just even in that 20 yeah, year span, 20 years. Yeah, all that has happened, right? The crack epidemic, the AIDS, epidemic, yes. all, the, all the epidemics yes. um, that have affected the pandemic, the, right, the, the <laughs> pandemic, just in the last year, just, <laughs> the, the epidemics that have af- affected black people uh, in America. Um, but you meant you put realizing. So is are you, are you asking when did we have a sense of realization that, hey, Black people care or other people outside of Black people care? So
1: I'll, I'll start out the conversation and I'm interested to hear what you all think. Okay, so I think that um, this is a con- continuation from where we were before. Okay. Um, so um, the last part of this particular part of the podcast was um, you're between 18 and 30. Um, and you're just really just trying to figure out who you are, Right? Uh-huh. How you fit in this world. And you're really mostly just focused on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. focused on what you can, you know, how, what, what you're going to do in this world. And so between 30 and 50 is now you're grown. Now you're like, oh, grown, I'm grown. And not,
2: right, exactly. You got hair on your chest. Grown, 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 grown. grown. good, grown. So <laughs> then
1: you start realizing that. It's not just about, it's not just about you and what you can get for yourself. It's about, um, you know, um, what, what, what you will leave on as a, and we'll get to this topic later on, what you will leave as a legacy. Like what, what is your, like, what's your stake in this world besides just like, I'm just going to have my little family.
0: Yes. So
2: that's
4: what I meant. So reflective then. Yeah. So, So, so Robert or Brianna. Either I one mean, or. I think, you know what? It's, it's funny. It's like, you know, I, I do believe that uh, black people re- genuinely care about other black people, especially when they see what's going on in the world for each other. They feel for them. But I think we tend that want I tend to doesn't get hyped like you don't hear a lot about it unless something like a George Floyd happens where you see us unite like. When you come back from that, you don't see about how many black organizations is helping feeding people in Harlem or mm-hmm. helping, you know, clothe people and stuff like that. You don't see that on the news every day. Um, I think for me, it's being 49, 49 being, getting ready to be 50 in October. The one thing I try to do, and I think um, Marquis talked about it, is what, what am I leaving behind now at this stage? You know what I'm saying? What am I leaving behind? And not just my little circle. So, not what I'm leaving or telling my daughters, it's what am I telling their husbands, what am I telling the uh, the dude who's making a sandwich? you know what I'm saying, what kind of knowledge am I sharing to them on how they can be better, what they can do to kind of be successful, you know what I'm saying, and, and try to help them navigate through this world that we live in today, you know, because like you said, born in 1971, I done seen some shit, you know what I'm saying, so I'm trying to tell you, right, okay, this is how I can, you know, just genuinely trying to, to, to give them the information. But the, the, the sad part about it is that, and I mean, I guess we were there too when we were teenagers, trying to talk to them, they know everything. Uh, come on, like, you know, like, it was, come on, old school, you know what you're talking about? That was back in the day, they don't do that no more old school. You know, so then it becomes, do I continue to, in a sense, waste my time? Right. You know, am I, am I telling you, and this is just falling on deaf ears, So then at that point, I stick to my circle. So I I try to to give all my knowledge to my kids and hope some way it gets out that way. Interesting, Um,
1: uh, Brianna.
3: I guess I need a little clarity on the question. So is it like realizing your community gives a damn about you or I don't know i don't know how to tackle this one it may be because i'm at the beginning i'm at 33 you know maybe i haven't got there yet
0: <laughs> no
1: no, I th- it, no it, it, let me just say it this way so you're already there because i know you right it's okay that, that your community cares about you but it's also that you care about your community right mm-hmm. so there's okay. a sense of like you know when you're between 18 and 30 that black folks can make any type of music. It could be, you know, they could be calling themselves a coon, every which way but loose. And it's fine because you're eight between 18 and 30 and that's all right. But between 30 and 50, you're like, oh no, you, you, you can't see. do folks like that. What's wrong with you? What's going on? <laughs> I see. So, so there is some sense of maturity that you're like, oh, you know what people give a damn about what the hell is going on and how pe- black people are perceived in America. Yeah,
3: I think, see, I have a little bit of a unique circumstance with how I grew up. And so I feel like I had to learn that at an earlier age Mm -hmm. because I needed to be in the world at a more efficient capacity than maybe others who were 15 and 16 needed to be at that time. And so me realizing the space that I take up that people are looking at you and do you mean it like that? Like people are looking at you and expecting you and upholding you to be, you know, the vision of black excellence and like having to carry on that standard. You know, like I remember being the only black girl at a job and feeling like, okay, I'm holding it down for all the black girls, you know, type of thing. And so um, I realized that earlier than, you know, before I hit 30, before you but yeah.
4: that's, that's amazing. Like that weight of being the only black and having to like hold it down because it's like, you know, the once you fuck up, ain't no other black person get that right. again. because that's they're right. definitely watching you and like, okay, let's see how these people react.
3: And even if that's not true, you already feel like that because it's only you there. So if it, if it wasn't true, and if, if it was a free open space for people of color, it would be more than you there. So you automatically get that feeling like, let me hold it, let me do right, <laughs>
1: let me act so, right. So, so add a little bit of color into this conversation. And no these no are, intended. A, a, <laughs> yeah, no pun intended or, or, or pun intended. <laughs> you know, I had some, I had some bullet points below um, below this particular topic because I thought it might might sort of help the conversation. Mm. And really this is we, we touched on a, a lot of this already, but the, the part of this is the truth to bring a brother or a sister
0: mm-hmm. in America
1: and, and, and what the responsibilities are. So we, we within a black community in America, we often call each other our all call each other, you know, that's my brother, that's my sister. What does that yeah. mean? Like, what what does that actually? It it means something to me. It means something different when you're between eighteen and thirty, as it does than it does between thirty and fifty. To me, um and then like, what communities do we find ourselves a part of, or do we even put ourselves part of a community? Right. So hmm. there's all sorts of communities that sort of intersect with, um, between being black and being LGBT. There's you know, being black and an entrepreneur, there's being black and, you know, maybe you're in a a fraternity or sorority. There's, I mean, there's all sorts of different communities that we either choose to be a part of or we find ourselves a part of. And so, when I say people give a damn, like you actually make a choice in most instances to be part of the black and ratchet group. I mean, that's what that's if that's what you feel like. Hey. 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 Every
3: now and then, don't every don't
1: now and then. Don't that that I don't. So, <laughs> so I, just, I just wanted to add a little bit of pun intended color to this conversation, to have some sense of what we were talking about. And I'm gonna uh, come back, come, come over to Vulner to, to give us a little bit of you know what your thoughts
2: are about this before we go to Wilma see no, her no, collecting her thoughts yeah. I'll give her a second i just want to say for for those who can't see us there is uh, <laughs> yeah we oh, right you, can, you certainly can hear us but we have been like dancing and you know just there is there is something about being black that is unspoken yeah In here just between the the five of us where you know earlier where we, where we all agreed i can see us nodding or where we just. You know, Robert and I, look, I see you. Been, <laughs> saying, hey, you see each other. I've been, you know, there's that that black brother nod. Like, oh, oh, yes. said, like, we've said so much, much. without saying anything. There yes. is the the non-vocal aspect of being black that I appreciate. And I think that's something that um, gets deeper with age. So yeah. for the the crowd, those of us yeah. who are between the ages of 30 and 50, I think there's something um, about it and i will say i think what helps uh, again because those of us who are 30 50 we were born between 1970 and 1990 so that's pre-internet mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. when black culture i mean we still have black culture now but there's something about black culture pre-internet that was black you had to experience it
1: was,
0: yeah it was black it was, was black because you
2: know, now, now, listen, some of these kids on this podcast they listen to this right? like how you gonna tell no, me no, it's <laughs> still black now I'm that's just, okay but black culture now is, it's being, you know, called Twitter speaker, TikTok speak. It's like, no, that's how black people talk. It's mm-hmm. just other people, other audiences have yes. access to it. And so they've taken it's it and run. It's, it's, it's right. It's, it's-, ah, yeah. it's, it's- yeah.
4: I was. Yeah. Yeah. was, well, was. Um, You're just going to throw that I- word out the goddamn window. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that word, bro.
2: i right. <laughs> about my box. But I think for those of us who are thirty and fifty, there's something about our blackness being pre-internet and and being you know so widespread and being the basis of you know viral content. Obviously, that black culture was the basis of pop culture in the '70s, definitely in the '80s and in the '90s. The sound of the '90s is black R&B, mm, even right. white pop stars were trying to imitate that <laughs> yeah. um, or, or dance like it. And so I think that shape. Hour or at least my perception of blackness. Okay. Um, okay. I think it's growing up now being black. Like if I were eighteen to thirty, I think it. Would, I would just have a totally different uh, ex- expectation, and so my realization would be different. But I think, um, because you know that that pre-internet, and then a lot of us, I feel like we've been in spaces where we are the only black person. Oh, many. Um, many. I, we're the same. You and I are the Every same age. Right. Okay. And in Arkansas, I was in a, involved in a lot of things from. Uh, like even at the age of eight, my mom enrolled me in a private summer camp. With the least <laughs> private summer camp, right? Yeah. So I was definitely the only black
0: wow. <laughs> for years, right? And I summer
2: remember, camp and private. It was, yeah. it was summer yeah. Camp. Yeah, right because <laughs> you know you was the only one going to summer camp. <laughs> exactly, bingo, bingo. Wow. <laughs> right. So that was an experience. But yes, you do feel like the weight of of you know black America is on you. I mean, even at eight, I would not have been it. To articulate that feeling, but that's what it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so just a real quick question before we go on to Goldman. So, I played this game. It's a game, but it's actually very sad and serious. Um, (laughs) Wait a minute.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. You said it's a game, but it's
1: a a game, but it's it's for real and and sad and serious. It's called Spot a Black. And so, when you're in a crowd,
4: who
0: plays (laughs) this? No,
4: nope, because I made the contact. Um, you know you know, this is the second time you don't came over something, bruh. No, school.
3: no, <laughs> Hell, <bro>. no that's, <laughs> I'm about to say, I know now, God rest her soul. My grandmother was a very interesting person, but we did it for we did it out of appreciation. Of course. There is um, a, there is a um a uh Marathon that comes through. I live in Southeast DC. There's a marathon that comes through the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and we would count how many blacks how were running, but we would <laughs> cheer them on. We yes. Okay. <laughs> them on. Yes. So yes. No, okay.
0: Count. okay.
3: Like, there's six. Oh, that's seven. Okay. Two hours later. Oh, well, there's nine. Like, yeah. we played that game. Yeah. We played. It's sad and
1: serious, but it,
3: you know, I it's That is sad and serious, but the context makes more sense because. Even on TV, mm-hmm. like now TV is real black. Yes. But, but when we were growing up, I mean, pre Moesha and One on One, but like you would have to spot a black in the movies type mm-hmm. of thing for real. You know? yeah. Right.
0: And if you blink, was, you wasn't gonna be there long.
3: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Saying, <laughs> on the screen, like that's wow. You actually were in, you know, in uh-huh. a, a twenty right. minute scene. And you, you didn't, didn't get killed off. You didn't yep. Or think about like doctors, I didn't, I, I tell people like growing up here, I think people are privileged that they see black doctors and stuff like that. <laughs> I did not grow up in a community where you would see black doctors and stuff uh, right. like that. Like, it was crazy. So I get it.
1: So we're going to round out this part of the conversation with Wilma and then we'll take a quick break um, about, um, this is about being black in America and realizing that people give a damn, and what communities you find yourself, yourself a part of. Like, you know, do you do you have you placed yourself in a community or several communities, or have you, you have you made the choice to, to sort of let communities be, you know, embrace you?
3: Okay, um, realizing people give a damn. Um, I've always felt that people have given a damn because I grew up in a household where we were black and proud.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and
3: I grew up in DC, which was you know unfortunately unfortunately it's i would like to say caramel now it's not chocolate but everything is chocolate so not i
0: toast yeah <laughs> I mean, it's a little
3: it's a little mixed cream it's gentrified it's, right no. that's the caramel of no, it. you know it's, it's not a percent cocoa it's yeah <laughs> so it's weird for me because i have known up until i started working in the government even in the government, well, D.C. government is black, but federal government is definitely a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But growing up in a family where people worked in the federal government, mm-hmm. I already had a mindset of being the only black person maybe in the room and what that means. So I don't know about necessarily realizing. It's yeah. like everybody always gave thanks sure. back because we knew sure. what we had to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Um, as far as communities, I'm a part of a lot of communities, but the biggest thing is it's just a black community. Mm. What ladies mm. put on it, it doesn't matter to me. We that's black, right. we proud, nice. we live, we gonna love. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, you had. Yeah. Did a you lot.
1: choose those communities, or did they choose you, or both?
3: I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I didn't speak anything, but mm. when you black, you what just it's people automatic.
0: People <laughs> <for tournaments laughs> but again,
3: with you
1: black, it's automatic.
0: Oh yeah, well that's good.
3: You know, that's why we have legacy when it comes to you know, sororities and fraternities because people follow what the, their well, parents so, Sometimes.
1: So, that all so let me say this um, before we sort of end this topic. Of, this topic I do want to say that there are communities that we find ourselves a part of that aren't automatic, right? So you may think that just because you're Black, it automatically in, inducts you into certain communities. And that's people, I mean, even within our own community, we're like, oh, so-and-so is light-skinned. So and so's light skinned so they are not part of this community so so mm. has money so they're not part of this group. so there's there's a lot there are some nuances to it that are unfortunately still prevalent
3: yeah I, I agree and disagree i disagree because i feel like well it's not an exclusion it's just that's again you automatically just don't fit in there
2: right.
0: you,
3: you automatically in, you automatically out but it's black you're black like <laughs> you're, you're
2: automatically in until we find <laughs> something but out that the, says oh, oh you're, you're out yeah, exactly. yeah,
3: You know, (laughs) pre-cancel going to be like, actually, yeah, (laughs) we (laughs) don't,
2: (laughs) he's (laughs) not (laughs) invited to the Exactly.
3: But, I mean, I don't, I can't, I feel like I'm a person who believes in energy and I feel that as black people, as, you know, African people, we carry an energy about us anyway. My aunt once said to me um, that, When you think about the slaves that were brought here, it was supposed to be the cream of the crop, Mm -hmm. the smartest, the strongest. That's right. We had all of these wonderful talents about us and that's passed through our system. So to me, it's things that I'm automatically going to be a part of, you know, the science community, or I'm going to be a part of the law community or the creative community. There's things that I'm just not, we naturally have it in us, so I'm naturally going to do it. I'm an ally of LGBTQIA. Mm -hmm. but that's because I had gay people in my family, like, and it wasn't no separation. Right, I'm going to love and support
1: you because Um, you are. Last thoughts from Robert and uh, Brianna before I say my last thoughts.
3: I would just say that you know, in terms of the sub community in the Black community, I feel like you know, like Wilma, can I? Wilma is cool, or what's the whole, what's your whole name? Let me say, let me respect your name, girl. I was about to say, no, Wilma is my first name. A lot of people call me Lynn. Some people call me Oh, okay, okay. Whatever like, okay. you remember, I'm good. If you just But like you said, Wilma, regarding like it just being in you, I think that there are sub-communities within the Black community. And a little bit of like what Robert said, where, you know, if we in public, we holding each other down, but there are things that, you know, we do need to discuss about, you know, how we treat others in different communities. But I would say like it's inbred in us to hold each other down in public. You know, like that's just I, you know, I didn't I didn't get that after 30. I think I got that from just seeing it. I think we don't give ourselves a lot of credit as black people that we have been doing a good job by keeping us here. Like, you know, like really, like we've been doing a good job. And that's like sending information, like you said, genetically and like the non-spoken things that we've seen as, as children. And now it makes sense to us. That head nod, nobody had to teach y'all the head nod, but you saw <laughs> you learn what it meant. And I think that that's the, the biggest thing about our the beauty of our community is that yeah, you know, it's a whole bunch of riffraff, but when it comes down to it, I think that we know that we got to hold each other down.
4: Right. I, I think, like, you know, with the, the, you know, just with the Black community stuff, kind of like you was talking about, like, we already know it's a it's an unwritten code that, you know, you fuck with one of us, you're going to have to fuck with all of us, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: you know, and that's just like, for me, coming from... You know, that era where there was no, you know, internet and stuff like that. My community where I lived that was all I had. So you had to be embraced by them. You know, you didn't care about what anybody else think. As long as you was cool on your block, you was great. You know what I mean? So for me, the black community, yes, sometimes we, you know, we got our problems. You know, sometimes we can turn on each other, but it's kind of like, you know what? You, I can talk about it, but don't you talk about it. That's right. And that's who we are. That's just who we are. Because, I, like, I was talking to my wife about it before. I was like, you know what? Sometimes I felt like, as a Black community, we are the most hated people for whatever reason. Like, you know, other race hate us. And then you also mix in our race sometimes can't stand us. But when shit go down, you come across that line, yep. we're going to get your yep.
3: eggs. Yeah.
4: So... So that's how I feel, feel about
3: it. Remember that. No, I
0: just
1: mean <laughs> <laughs> two parts of this conversation and to sort of bring it all together before we take a quick break. I did want to say some touch on something that Will Lynn said earlier um, about things being handed down to us and something I said on <clears throat> something I said on a previous um, previous episode of my of this podcast of this season. I'm um, still holds true and it still harkens back to um, what we're talking about now is you know, when things are passed down, we need to act like we're our ancestors. We will be ancestors one day, yes. right? So, yes. so, our, Absolutely. We, so, when we talk about oh, my ancestor passed this down, or and and I want my ancestors to be proud of us, we want our we we need to be, act like we're going to be ancestors someday so that mm-hmm. people will be proud of us. Yeah. So, that's the, I- the well, pro- that's exactly, posterity. The other that's thing dope. I want to say is um, rounding out this part of the conversation about something that Robert touched on is about holding each other down um, and having this sense of community and camaraderie, et cetera, and this feeling, this you know, these head nods, all of these unspoken things that we have with each other. You know, it's it's part and parcel. It goes part and parcel with when a George Floyd, a Trayvon Martin, a Breonna Taylor, a Tamir Rice, an Emmett Till happens. We do it in a very specific way that is unique to our sort of Black black and American sort of um, sensibilities. Um, And... It's it's very hard to sort of explain that to other people outside of our race when we say, Oh my god, like I saw this thing or I saw this this video or this news footage and that really affected me. No, that because it is very much our brothers, our sisters, the people, our cousins, the person that we like went to school with, the the, the girl at Subway that always gave me extra meat on the sandwiches, like okay. you know, all these people <laughs> that you're like, oh wow, that was that that person, and so um, it we we need to make sure that we acknowledge and honor that every time that things like this happen, and um sort of rise uh, and make sure that it rises to the level of importance and conversation and action as Brianna um, noted earlier that that it needs to so that being said um we're going to pause this conversation for now as we move on to the next part of the conversation in just a second this has been another episode of so here's the thing um thank you so much to my guests um Wilma Lynn Horton, Clermont Ackland III um, Brianna Taylor, uh, no, Brianna Taylor. It's, Breonna Taylor is with me. Listen, Breonna Taylor is with me right now. Brianna Taylor, George Floyd. <laughs> um, Breonna Ellis and Robert Brantley Jr. We'll be uh, back in just a
0: moment. Thank you so much for listening. And this has been another episode. Thank you.